I'm Trish. And I'm Thaddeus, and you're listening to the Fallen Short Podcast. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. That was Psalms 150, the whole chapter, just it's six verses. And if you didn't guess, we are talking about, I guess you could say praising the Lord, but we're talking about worship. I know we mentioned that as a possibility on the last episode that we might be talking about worship here. Not sure if this will be a series necessarily. This might just be a one-off episode, but we are going to spend some time talking about worship and what it is, what it means, you know, to Trish and I, uh, why we do it and things like that. So just to personalize it right off the bat for me, worship when I'm in that place of worship, whether at home or at church, corporate in a corporate setting, I try to imagine that God is right there with me. I He is, right? He is actually right there with us in everywhere we go. He's omnipresent, so he is everywhere. But I try to focus on the fact, I guess, that he is right there with me. And I am worshiping him. And I think of being like a child. And, you know, when I had young kids and they would walk up to me and they would be like, Mommy, hold me. And they'd lift their arms up to me. Or they would come to me in pain and hurt and they'd lift their arms up towards me. Or they'd come to me because they wanted something and they'd lift their arms up to me. They would just put their arms up towards me. And I imagine that in worship. I imagine that place of Father God, I love you. I need you. Hold me. I also imagine a place of surrender. In life so often, we try to control our lives. We try to have everything be perfect, be the way we want it to be, but not allow God to have control and have his way. And so when I'm in that place of worship, there's times where it's, I put my hands up like a, (laughs) I surrender God, you know, I, I surrender control. I, I give you all authority, all dominion, all power over my life. I trust you. I'm going to put my confidence in you and not in myself. So to me, that's definitely what is going through my head when I'm in that place of worship. And I try to worship the Lord. The Bible talks about worshiping the Lord in spirit and truth. John 4, 24, that God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so when I'm in that place of worship, I really, 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 it's hard sometimes, but I really try to get myself to cut out the world around me in my mind and just really be God and I and worship him in spirit and in truth. I do think there is something cool about corporate worship and worshiping with others and imagining that to be like heaven. So sometimes when I'm in that place of worship, I also imagine that it's all eternity before God worshiping him. You know, I have kind of those different places. I suppose the songs that we're listening to help bring about probably my thoughts my and my emotions in that place of worship as to what maybe I'm feeling. But I really try to cut out the distractions and not 
pay attention to the words are spelled wrong on the slides or if the worship team is off key or missing beats or um, what people are doing around me, I really try to close my eyes. And to me, that's so I can focus on God and not looking around and being distracted by everything else. Yeah, and to go along with that, I mean, there's definitely different types of worship, right? So there's the corporate worship aspect, right? And there's there's just, we talked about giving in other episodes as a spiritual gift. That's, when you give, you are, you're worshiping God, right? Honestly, in all things that we do, we should be doing and worship and honor God. And so it's not just a worship service, right? It's not just at church. There's so many, so many verses in the Bible about worship. And I mean, if you read the book of Psalms, there's, I don't know how many, I don't know how many you can count there. I mean, Psalms 95, six says, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Right. And Psalm 68, it says, sing to God, sing in praise of his name, extol him who rides on the clouds, rejoice before him. His name is the Lord, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. It's, it's about giving honor to God, right? It's, it's coming to him. Sometimes it's coming to him with praise of, and just like thankfulness. Sometimes it's coming to him because you're crying out to him. And this really goes hand in hand to me with prayer because you can, you can ask God for things when you need them and you can, you can thank him and you can do that through song, through worship, through action. Uh, I know even in that first scripture we read from Psalms 150, it talks about dancing. It talks about clanging cymbals. So, I mean, loud noises, dancing. I know that there's some churches that are definitely like, oh, well, no, we don't dance or, uh, you know, drums. And, we don't have clanging cymbals. <laughs> right. Are, are not, you know, they're evil. But it says in the Bible, and obviously there's translations and things that who knows if it's completely accurate, but it very much is shouting sometimes to me on a personal level. If we're talking about worship in a musical sense, I see it in many different ways over my life. So I grew up in the church. And so I grew up going to worship services that always had drums. I don't know if we always had electric guitar in my early years, but definitely there was guitar. There was definitely drums. Definitely over the years there was um, singing and and flag waving and even dancing or uh, people sometimes uh, like we talked about with spiritual gifts of in the middle of worship uh, speaking out in tongues giving a word in tongues and then somebody interpreting that so it's very much that's all part of worship and but it's not just in the church so for me I've I've mentioned it before I've played in bands over I it's been Wow, we're getting old. It's, I've played in bands for over 20 years. That's tough to say. <laughs> but in every band that I played in, whether it was playing music in church or playing in a band, it, sometimes at churches or, you know, at secular music clubs, venues, things. For me, it was worship. 
now not every lyric in every song would be like, well, how's that worship? But I was using gifts that God gave me and putting my everything into it. And just because a song, you know, maybe was about a girl or something, it still was something where every band I was in, we had some sort of message and we didn't necessarily preach from the stage every single time or anything like that, but we had a message within our set, whether it be through some sort of preaching or through other songs where it was kind of a, an opening for people to ask questions. That's a good point, Thaddeus. It just has me thinking how you can go to a karaoke club and sing a worship song and have a heart of worship, and you can go to a worship service and have no heart of worship involved, and it's simply karaoke for you. Is it karaoke or karaoke? Whatever you want to say. <laughs> but it is, right? Right. And I mean, it's, there's definitely people could definitely go. There, there's definitely people that are like, oh, it's Sunday. I guess I'm going to church. And what's, I don't, you know, they don't necessarily pay attention to the song. They just, these are the words that are up there. I can sing along and it doesn't mean anything. Right. And it's a posture of the heart. Truly it is because we can have the appearance outwardly of worship and our heart can be far from God. And we could also have the appearance outwardly that we are not entering into worship, but really our heart could be right there in the throne room with God. And so Worship is a position of the heart, and you yourself are the one who knows. Are you going to church and singing karaoke, 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 whatever you want to say, or are you going to church into a worship service? And are you are you going into the courts of praise? Are you going in with thanksgiving? And are you going in to worship the Almighty Maker of heaven and earth? Are you going in in awe of who God is and offering your heart as a sacrifice before the throne of God? And again, talking musically, it can be a variety of music. It doesn't have to be what you think of when you go to church of that's worship. I know a lot of times that's categorized as worship, but I can listen to or in the past played in bands where it could be, you could, you know, it could be a rock band. It could be a metal band. It could be a hardcore band. It could be rap. It could be country. It could be so many different genres of music can be worship and it doesn't have to fit into this is what we sing at church a couple of my favorite bands over the years were on the heavier side that were very much worshipful to me and trish doesn't listen to as much heavy music as i do but she would agree with one of them for sure and they're called sleeping giant hands down one of my favorite worship bands when i've been into their concerts is that what you say into their concerts at their shows? There you go. More hip. When I've been at sleeping giant shows, I feel the presence of God in a way I haven't felt a, a lot of places and a lot of worship services. You can just feel the, the, the glory of God, the Shekinah glory, if you will come into the room and you can feel that tangible presence of God. Not every time I've ever seen them play or um, not saying I've never felt that elsewhere, but I, it's heavy metal music and they're screaming and they're, but the worship is high praises to the throne of God. And it's such a powerful um, experience to be in that place of being led into worship in that way. And even in my car, when I sometimes am by myself or with my children, I will blast sleeping giant. And I can just, I just, the power that's in the lyrics, because a lot of the lyrics are so 
scriptural based. And I think that gives them so much more authority. Anytime you can use scripture as a form of worship, I think is powerful. And that's, that's a good point because even in church worship, right. You, you have songs that rely on scripture. I mean, some of, I know one of your all time favorites would be, uh, I don't know what the actual title is, but I think it's just as the deer. Mm, yeah. Right. I mean, yep. the, that's taken literally from the Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's the song that's, you know, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's again from the Bible. There's a few versions <laughs> of that song I can think of as you say that. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot like that. And I think sometimes it could be like, Oh, they're just, you know, they're not being very creative, but uh, most of the time it's very, very powerful in the way that they, because sometimes it's super basic too, and it's easy to, to catch on and be able to sing. And, and that's part of it too, is when you're trying to worship in a church service or, you know, at home, doesn't matter. You're listening to music and being able to sing along and being able to just, I know these words and be able to sing them and not have to worry about stumbling over them. That's great. And I'm not taking away. There's definitely, you know, there's going to be new songs, right? Right. And sometimes songs are more wordy than others, but they can still be good. Right. Mm -hmm. It's about the heart. Like Trish was saying. Well, and sometimes in that repetition, we can find our, ourselves in that place of we come into a place of worship and really we're feeling beat down and we're feeling the weight of the world and in the psalms talks about i believe it's in the psalms where it says why are you downcast oh my soul that all that is within me praise his holy name and it's coming into that place of worship where you're you might not feel like worshiping you might come into the church service or go into your car and turn on worship music and you might not have a heart of worship, but that's when we command ourselves to worship. You might not like the voice of the person leading the worship song. You might be annoyed that they're singing that worship song for the 30th week in a row at church. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter. It's the position of your heart. It's that why, why is my soul responding to the song in that way? It doesn't matter what my soul needs to respond to and what my heart needs to respond to is that I'm standing before the maker of the heavens and the earth and I am coming in to his throne room in worship, you know, and it's um, I can just think of so many stories, even in the Bible, where worship was used in, as a powerful tool, you know, when they marched around Jericho, I think of Paul and si- Silas. Right? I was just about to and, bring that up. Yeah. I mean, it's it's such a they're prisoners, right? Mm-hmm. And they're singing praises hymns you know it probably depends on the translation you look at right and other prisoners are hearing them and this is all right they're probably singing sleeping giant <laughs> this is all right before god moves in such a, a miraculous way right mm-hmm. and that's i think what you're getting at it, it yes you read about it in the bible but that can happen today i mean definitely when you are in a place of uh, your heart is in it and god you know, you're giving God praise and I feel like God just listens, you know, he listens to you all the time, but it's like, he acknowledges that so much when you come to him with, with a heart of worship. I think it's also a good learning, like a tool for, for young ones. Right. I mean, I know at our church well, or even me growing up, we had songs that we sang in Sunday school or children's church or whatever you want to call it that I remember some of them and they seem cheesy, 
but some of them are like, it's teaching you as a young child about the Bible, right. And about how to worship God, even though you're going through motions and literally sometimes motions, right. Actions with the songs. But I think it's being able to teach young children how to worship. And then I think about our church, our kids, our young ones, they're, they have their own service and they're, they have worship. And my favorite Thaddeus is when our kids come home from church and they're bringing the worship home with them and you can hear them in their rooms or on the car ride and they're just singing whatever song they sing in church, but they're really pouring out the heart to God. And I just love that. It, it's very inspirational to me to watch kids worship because really that's how we should be worshiping. And I, I know something I've wrestled with in the past and occasionally still even have this wrestle is that um, if I really worship God in spirit and truth, if I really worship God the way I feel, which I do hold back, I, <laughs> I practice a lot of restraint in worship services a lot. I don't worship like I do at home, but like I, I think about how if you have a visitor, what are they going to think of it? But then one thing I remember is when I was younger, my mom would talk about my mom was a worship leader. I don't know if I've ever really shared that on the podcast before, but my mom was a worship leader when I was growing up. And she would often talk about, you know, the importance of worshiping in spirit and truth and how when we, my mom's a big sports fanatic, arguably, probably one of the biggest Vikings fans I know. Well, and she was a cheerleader in and high school. And she was a cheerleader in high school, yes. And so she would often talk about and correlate with worship service to going to a sporting event and how... People go all out at sporting events, but when they go to church, they act so reserved, right? And I don't know about you, Thaddeus, but for me, I love going to a sporting event and there's high energy. I love to see the cheerleaders leading people in cheers. And I I wouldn't leave a sporting event offended that the person in front of me was a little too excited about the game when we were winning, which we are winning when we're in a worship service, right? Because it's warfare and we're advancing the kingdom of God in that way. And so if I just think about, like, if you're worried about, oh, if I raise my hands or if I clap or if I dance or if I sing too loudly or whatever, in a church service, what will the visitors think? Excuse me, but I, I feel like they would be drawn to that. I I would think that they'd be drawn to the passion more than like the religious traditional structure, but they would be drawn to the the passion, the passion people have for the team the passion people have to cheer for the winning team. You know, you you can go watch a winning team and nobody be excited about it. Your team can be winning all day long. And if nobody cares, nobody cares, right? And nobody's excited. So what's the point in going if you're not excited about it? But if you're going into church and, and you think about it that way and you think about how exciting it is that we're on the winning team and and we give God all the glory and we're surrendering it all to him, it's it's powerful to think about it in that way. Not everyone's going to worship the same, right? So, I mean, even Trish talking about, you know, her holding back or not, or, you know, some people are going to be more reserved. It's just human nature, right? And they might be taking it in, you know, and not not necessarily uh, being more outward with the way they're worshiping. They might be taking it as like a, you know, like soaking it in, soaking in God's presence in that moment, but it's very much the people that have that outward expression. You can tell when it's being held back because I've been in many church services where it's like, well, I think about 
churches over the years where even the one we're at now where we have multiple services and it's like oh man that that service just was there you know there was no energy you know and like the worship team can feel it too of like man everybody in the room was just like staring at us angrily you didn't have their coffee yet (laughs) you know and things like that where that's not their job you know their job is to lead people into worship but if they're like trying to lead people into worship and they're not getting anything from people it's like am I doing my job right and I think it's not just the worship team you know that has to worship it's everybody in the room has to worship it's everybody at a church service yes there's the tech people but it's even the the uh the guest service people, it's the ushers. They sh- they should all be doing their job with a spirit of worship, right? In their heart of I'm doing this for you, God. I'm not doing this because uh, to be a good person and to, and to do these things that I'm being told I should do. I'm doing this because I love you, Lord, right? And that's, like I said earlier, that's how we should treat everything in our life is with a heart of worship. So even me going to work, well, I, you know, from my bed down to my desk, right? <laughs> I work from home. It's 2022. So, you know, it's pretty normal nowadays. But I need to do my job with uh, this isn't for me. It's for me and my household, right? God has given me this job and he's given me the ability to do this job. So what I'm doing, I need to give my best not just for the customer, but for God, like he want, he's given me this. I need to, to give it my all. And that's just the way it is. I mean, that's when you go to church, God's given us the ability, especially in America, you know, to be able to, to praise him and worship him in public. Right. And not be persecuted. Yes. There's still persecution in America, but we have that freedom and so we should take advantage of that freedom. So, and I think another thing to, to throw out there with worship, I talked about musical genres, right? Another thing too, just even within churches, I grew up going to a non-denominational, more charismatic church and church too. So neither one of us grew up in a traditional, like a Lutheran style church or old Baptist or Catholic or anything like that. So I can't necessarily speak from my own experience, but I have gone to services and, and a lot of times they have it, you know, they're using hymnals at like a Lutheran church and there's nothing wrong with that. It's still about the heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can speak from our history, both of us and where we've come from and where we're at now We've been in places where it's been very, as far as a worship service goes, very, uh, I know what people want to say. They want to say led by the spirit, but I'm going to say not led by the spirit because I believe that's still on the flip side too. But I feel like more open and less worrying about time constraints. I would say more charismatic in your... Well, and like, you know, not not necessarily having everything planned to a T, right? versus I mean I can speak from me as someone who's played on worship teams where it's like oh yeah this is the song we're doing but then it's like oh we're gonna go repeat this or repeat that or you know oh let's go to this instead you know it's very much going with the flow in different directions and we've been a part of churches 
multiple where it's more rigid in a sense where you're doing multiple services. So you do have a, a time more crunch, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's still led by the spirit because yeah. I still believe that when you have to meet these times because, hey, you're gonna, you got to get these people out so we can get more people in, that still takes listening to God. Like what song should we do, right? Yeah. What order of song should we do? You know, if we only have X amount of time, what would be the best way, God, for us to present this worship to you? Yeah, I I so much agree with that. I can just think about how many Sundays I've been in tears in either approach, you know, where I felt like I've met God in those moments. And it's there's not a right and there's not a wrong way as long as you're worshiping in spirit and truth. And, and I would agree 100% too. My grandparents were Lutheran growing up and I go to their church services and sit and read hymnals and I felt the presence of God there too, you know? And so it is such a posture of the heart. For me, I've had great experiences in a, in a worship service where it's, you know, like going to a, this is going to be a worship night, right? And where, yes, there's still plans of songs and what songs are going to be done. I've had great experiences there. I've had great experiences where it's like, hey, we have, we're going to do these three songs and that's it. That's all we have time. And this is the exact order we're going to do it, right? I've had great experiences there. On the flip side, I've had bad experiences in both. Yeah, absolutely. All of them, yeah. (laughs) I've been on a worship team where it was more, you know, open-ended and it was like, can we be done? Like I was, we're just pushing this, you trying know, like, to make something happen and nothing is happening. Yet. Right. So it's, it's still, it's having the heart of worship and also acknowledging the Holy spirit to like, Hey, you know what? This is actually the direction you should go. Don't force it. And definitely if there's a place I had to get to where I had to repent for have, thinking one way was better than the other and in in different aspects of the way churches practice their faith, I guess. But I've had to repent before God for thinking one way is better than the other because it's just pride, right? When you think that you know it all and your way is the only way. Sorry, but the best way is going to be when we're all in heaven before God and we're all in that place of worship before God for all eternity. Like that's going to be the best worship ever. And until we're there, we're just down here trying to figure it out and trying to do our best. So I think to kind of wrap this one up, and if if you guys want to hear more of what we think about worship and, and what it means and, and how it is in churches or how it should be or whatever, you know, we don't have, we're not the ultimate, uh, this is how it should be. But if you want to hear more from us on that, please let us know. And then maybe we'll do another episode on this. Uh, but I'm going to leave it with uh, Psalm uh, 105, verse 1. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. So again, it can be done in a church format where we're, we're singing praise to God, you know, giving thanks to him. It can be in a format of not church, but going out into the world and letting the world know, like, Look, look at what God is doing, right? You think about mission work, right? A lot of missionaries, guess what? Are de facto worship leaders. 
I just, another story of worship I just thought of was when David came home from battle and he was super undignified in worship. Sorry, I digress. But I just think it's funny because I'm probably more like that in my worship. Like, I just love to get foolish before God. And so I don't do that all the time, especially in public. But I try to, you know, just go crazy at home like a little child before God with my kids or by myself or whatever. And I'm not the best singer, so I make a joyful noise to the Lord is what I say. Yes, make a joyful noise. So, again, it's doing it with a a heart that is seeking after God, really, and giving him praise that he is due, right? I mean, can you argue that he doesn't deserve our praise? I, I mean, I know there's people that would, but in our Christian faith, why wouldn't you worship God? He's not just there, you know, he's, he's doing everything for you, right? He, he speaks so much into your life that you should be giving him praise and declaring it throughout the world. So if you've enjoyed this, please share it with your friends, whether that be on social media, word of mouth, you could direct them to just search for Fallen Short Podcast on whatever their preferred podcast platform is. They should be able to find us. Or if they can't, you can direct them directly to our website, which is fallenshortpodcast.com. If you have any questions about anything we've been talking about in this episode or any previous episode, please feel free to either send us a DM via Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. And also we do have our email info at fallenshortpodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you if you have a prayer request. So until next time, I'm Thaddeus. And I'm Trish, and we love you guys. or maybe you're aspiring to start one. If you are, we'd like to encourage you to check out Blueberry Podcasting for all of your hosting needs. We use Blueberry today, and let me tell you, it's it's real slick. Uh, works with our website just fine on a plugin. So if you use our code Fallen Short, you can get your first month free. So you can go ahead and click that affiliate image link on our website and get started with your podcast.